0: It was brilliant to watch a little bit about the story of the life of Moses earlier in our service and we're going to dive in to a particular part of his story now in Exodus chapter 3 from verse 7 through to chapter 4 verse 17. My name's Andy and I'm part of the staff team here at CBC and it's great that you can join us for our online service today. We're in week two of a series that we have called Forward. We believe that life is lived better forwards than looking backwards. And in today's story, we follow Moses as God reveals himself to him and shows that he's going to provide everything that he needs for the challenge ahead. I want to encourage you as you listen to this message to engage with God's word with me. You might find it helpful to have a Bible open in front of you. You might find it helpful to have a notepad to make some notes or to draw some pictures as we go along as well. In our story, Moses is called to look forward and he has a big challenge ahead. He's feeling inadequate and ill-equipped for the challenge that the Lord lays before him. Moses is being called to help lead God's people out of slavery in Egypt towards the promised land. The Lord reveals himself to Moses at Mount Horeb, the mountain of the Lord, through the experience of the burning bush. Moses, who was an adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter, had fled Egypt in fear of his life, having killed some Egyptian soldiers, having made some terrible decisions as a younger man. Forty years later, having learnt how to shepherd and unaware that God was using this experience to prepare him for the task ahead, the Lord reveals himself to Moses and calls him to lead his people out of slavery. But Moses is far from keen, far from convinced that he is the man for this task. He's not up for it in his initial response. I wonder if you can relate at all. You had a moment in the last few weeks and months where you've just felt not up for it. You can see what's ahead of you as you look forward, but you're not up for it. You ask the question, can I really do another shift in A&E again? Can I go on teaching online as well as teaching those in person can I shield for a few more months can I do homeschooling again can I do online learning again can I try and make my business work in this current climate can I go on not seeing family and friends for more weeks and months can I go on following Jesus in a time when I don't have others around me to encourage me and help me well For Moses and God's people, they had many challenges ahead in the weeks and months that were to follow. But we read of God's provision in these verses. We're going to start chapter 3, verse 7. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jubasites, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. There are many challenges that God's people are facing and there are many challenges ahead for them. They have been in slavery for about 400 years, we think. But verse 7 and verse 9 tell us that God saw their suffering and that he heard their cry. God saw and he cared. And so he promised to deliver them from slavery. But the challenge ahead, how were they going to be delivered from the Egyptians, from the fierce and powerful and controlling Pharaoh, how was this going to happen? What about the promised land that they were promised to inherit that would be theirs? How were they going to occupy it when it was already occupied by many other people groups? There are many challenges ahead for them. Who was going to be the leader of this challenge? Who was going to be the leader of this great mission, this great rescue plan? Well, verse 10 makes clear for us as God speaks to Moses, I am sending you to Pharaoh, to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And in this message, I want to highlight five objections that Moses brings as he's asked to look forward to the challenge that is ahead of him. But also, five ways that God provides exactly what Moses needed for the task ahead. Verse 11, his first objection then. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Who am I for this job? He's experiencing what we sometimes call imposter syndrome. Have you ever experienced this? You've been in a situation or been asked to do a task and you just feel like you're not the right person for the job. Do people really know your history? Do people really know that you don't have the experience that is being looked for? As a youth worker in Southampton, I was involved in some schools work. I was new to my role and I was invited to be part of an interagency meeting with the headmaster, with the leadership team of the school, with members of the local council, with other agencies. And I find myself in this meeting. I make sure I'm dressed up smart with my tie done right up and my top button done up. And there's all these challenges that are brought about the local community. And I'm thinking, who am I to contribute? They pass around the tea and coffee. Now, those of you who know me will know I don't drink tea or coffee, but for this occasion, I drink a whole cup of tea just to try and fit in. But I'm thinking, who am I to be in this meeting? Who am I to contribute? And Moses is asking the same question as well. Who is he for this task of leading God's people out of slavery towards the promised land? But God provides and tells him exactly what he needs Verse 12, God said to him, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Note, the answer that God gives to Moses isn't a reassurance of his strengths or qualities or his experience that could be helpful. No, the reassurance that God gives him is the promise that he will be with him. God promises to provide his presence. Secondly then, Moses comes up with another objection. Verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? It's a reasonable question for Moses to ask, someone who many of them wouldn't have known. And if they do remember him, they might not remember him fondly for what he had done. Who's he going to say has sent them? Well, verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me. From generation to generation, go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob appeared to me and said, I've watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I've promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jubasites, a land flowing with milk and honey. And I will make the Egyptians favourably disposed towards this people, so that when you leave you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbour and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. Who is it that he can say, sent him? I am. I am who I am, has sent me to you. God goes on to explain that this is the God of their fathers. Moses is giving his name to explain, to convince people that it was really him who has sent Moses. God instructs him to gather the elders of Israel and explain to them that it was God who appeared to him, that he's seen their suffering and that he promises to deliver them and take them to the promised land. Moses must be gaining some reassurance when, in verse 18, God promises that the elders will listen to him, only to be followed by the sucker punch that the king of Egypt will not let them go, unless a mighty hand compels him, verse 19. But God promises to be this mighty hand. Quite a task, then, for this shepherd who had fled his people 40 years previously, and he still has his hesitations. Objection number three then, verse one of chapter four, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? It's a reasonable question to ask. I recently watched 1917, where Lance Corporal Schofield and Lance Corporal Blake have to break the front line in France in World War I, crossing over into enemy territory to deliver a crucial message that will prevent soldiers falling into a booby trap. Shoulder makes it heroically and then faces the challenge of convincing his superiors that he was really sent and that his message should really be listened to. Well, today, as we consider Moses, Moses is far from confident that he will really be listened to and that people will really believe that God has spoken through him. The Lord demonstrates his power by sending signs. Verse 2. Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous, and it had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. If they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it out onto the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the dry ground. The Lord demonstrates his power by sending his signs. By asking Moses to throw a staff on the floor, it became a snake. He asked him to pick it up again, and it becomes a staff again. Evidence so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you, as verse 5 says. You see, in his weakness and frailty, God is graciously providing what Moses needed. And the Lord goes further by performing a similar sign with Moses, with his hand, a hand that he puts into his pocket and becomes leprous and then being restored when he puts it into his pocket again. God even provides a third sign to make sure that people can believe by turning water from the Nile into blood, as verse 8 and 9 tell us. Having been provided with reassurance of how Moses can go because God sent him and will give his presence, Who he should tell sent him, I am who I am, the God of your fathers. How he can prove this with these three signs that have a staff into a snake, a hand that becomes leprous, then not leprous again, and water from the Nile turned into blood. Moses still has a fourth objection. The objection that who is he to speech, someone who's slow of speech, who isn't eloquent. Some scholars think this is reference to maybe a speech impediment that he had. In verse 10, we read his objection. Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. The Lord replies in verse 11. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. In verse 11 and 12, God clearly instructs Moses to go. After all, he's the one who makes the mouth, who makes people deaf or mute to be able to see or be blind. God promises to help him. Moses can know God's help. God knew Moses inside out, flaws and all, insecurities and all. But God promised to provide the assistance that he needed to speak and to teach him what to say. However we're feeling looking forward to what we face in this coming week, we can know that God knows us inside out and he is the God who promises to provide the help that we need. Moses then now is out of excuses, out of reasons, for God always equips us with what we need. Paul, in his moment of suffering, Asked God three times to take away his own affliction, his own thorn in the flesh. But it wasn't taken away. But God gave him what he needed. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Moses finally then, the fifth objection that we've come to. Pleased with God. Please send someone else. Here I am. Send him, verse 13 for us. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you and he'll be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you. And it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so that you can perform the signs with it. God's angry, but in his grace does indeed send someone to Moses, not to replace him, but to help him, to assist him. His brother Aaron, even this great leader to be, Moses, needed people alongside him to help him. I love this story of God's provision that helps Moses move forward to the big challenge that is ahead for him. We've seen the provision of God's presence, of God's name, of God's signs, of God's help and of God's helpers. I wonder what God might want to say to you through this story today. I want to finish with three things that might perhaps be helpful for us. The first is this, that God sees our suffering. One of the names of God in the Bible is Eli Roy, the Lord who sees. The Israelites could have been questioning and asking after many, many years of slavery. Does God really see? Does God really care? But God did hear the cry of his people and he did respond by calling Moses to help deliver them out of slavery. And he sees our suffering and he sees our pain as well. The second thing. The basis for God using Moses and for using us as well is not how we feel. It's not our own strengths, it's not our own qualities, it's not our own CV, it's not our own experience. Those things can be helpful. But in Moses' story, we learn that it's primarily the promise of God's presence that equips us for the tasks that we find ahead of us. May that be a helpful thought this week. Maybe you're going to want to respond in prayer and say, God, fill me again for what I've got in front of me. Fill me again for the tasks that are ahead of me this week. We thank God that it's his presence that equips us for what is ahead. And finally, God graciously draws alongside us to help us with the tasks that are ahead. Moses' fifth objection was, was send someone else. And God says, no, you can do it. I'm going to put other people alongside you and with what's ahead of us this week we can do it we can keep going but we do need the help of others last few weeks and months many people have said to me and others on the staff team well how can we help how can we help serve the church at this time well one of the most important things that we can be doing is drawing alongside one another as we look forward to what is ahead of us that can be through a phone call through a letter, through a text, through a a knock, and standing back, whatever you feel comfortable with. But we can be the answer to God providing for one another by being those that help each other. So, like Moses, let us move forward to what's ahead this week. Let us move forward having been encouraged by his word, knowing his presence, his name, his signs, his help and his helpers. Amen.